Hello, divas. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to host Diva Talk Radio Spotlight, a show dedicated to women affected by diabetes. I'm Mr. Divabetic, and I'm on a quest to glamorize good health. So sit back, relax, and get inspired, because tonight we're shining the spotlight on Dr. Messiah Smith, founder and director of Rittenhouse Foot and Ankle Associates in Philadelphia and the manufacturer of Dr. Smith's foot care products. Hello, Dr. Smith. How you doing, Matt? We're giving you a standing ovation because we're going to get ready to – were you dancing earlier to that music? Because it's all about um, moving tonight. We're going to be talking to, about feet all night long with you, so um, I'm excited about this show. Sounds like fun. Feet is a hot topic for us uh, and for my listeners living with diabetes. Can you tell us a little bit about why someone with diabetes would want to see a podiatrist or, or add them to their health care team or what we like to say entourage? Yeah, you know what, Max, having a foot doctor is so essential, and it's amazing how people um, who have diabetes kind of forget about us. You know you know what? Diabetes causes the one big thing everybody knows that's called peripheral neuropathy, that numbness and tingling in their feet and hands that they often feel. Right. What, what people don't realize is that numbness and tingling is, be, is because of the, the uh, ex- excess of sugar in their body. And because the feet take such a pounding and shoes walking the seven ten thousand steps a day upon average, average individual where the feet take this beating, and unfortunately that can cause sores, it can cause cuts, scrapes, and because of the, the excess blood sugar, the, the white blood cells who are the guardians uh, for infection in, in, in the body can't fight off certain infections because of that excess uh, excess uh, sugar. So it, it, it's imperative. I mean, everybody knows an uncle or aunt or a cousin or somebody who's lost a toe or lost a foot or lost a leg due to the complication of diabetes. And as podiatrists, uh, we're trained to actually really, really focus, I mean, really pay close attention to the feet every time you come into our office because, of course, we're foot doctors. Well, I love that. And, you know, if your feet are tingling, then you could ring our phone at 347-215-8551 and ask Dr. Smith a question or feel free to visit our website, divabag.org. Now, regarding a podiatrist, is that are you yeah. covered by insurance? I just want to oh, get that clear. Oh, absolutely. Uh, For both people living with type 1 and type 2 diabetes? Um, what was the question? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I said, are you covered, are, are, are oh. would people living with diabetes with type 2 and and type 1 diabetes be uh, be able to cover you with their insurance or no? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, podiatrists are doctors too. For the smallest medical profession, um, I attended Temple University School of Podiatric Medicine in my residency in limb salvage and wound care as well as podiatric surgery at Temple East and Newman Medical Centers in Philadelphia. So, yes. We're covered by all the insurance plans. Um, I'm a surgical um, podiatrist, and um, I, I do a lot of cases in the city of Philadelphia. But to answer your question, just in a big, broad spectrum, yes, uh, all insurances are covered. Um, um, typically, people see a podiatrist uh, every quarter. It's very important, unless there are other issues that, that demand you see, uh, see me more frequently or less frequently. Well, and I always hear that, you know, people with diabetes should not cut their own toenails. I don't understand yeah. what that why why wouldn't you cut your own toenails? I'm just they say you should go to a podiatrist. You know what? I look at it like this. If, if they have to tell you have to tell everyone with diabetes that you can't touch your toenails. Why? Why Max? Because simply if you have the eighty year old woman who can't see, who has peripheral neuropathy, peripheral vascular disease, amongst ten other medical ailments, you can't you you have to tell her she can't cut her nails. Whereas you may have the young diabetic who may be 35 years old, able to see and able to make um, some some basic decisions on their care, 
But we tell both those diabetics don't do it because we don't want any diabetics to do it simply because if you cut them wrong, the nail ain't wrong. Nails are dirty. They're in your shoes. They're in your socks. You know, not really sanitary conditions um, where a plethora of bacteria grow. If those nails break the skin, it could be the smallest break. It all takes that one bacteria to cause a massive infection. And I see it in my practice, and I've seen it plenty of times where I'll have um, articulate um, young adults who will have this ridiculous infection just because they either cut their nails or they got a cut or scrape and decided that they could handle it themselves. And so they finally come to me with a little bit of pain and discomfort. And it turns out it's a, it's a massive issue. Well, you know, we are known as Diva Talk Radio. So if we mm-hmm. can't cut our toenails, can we go get a pedicure? Can I, you know, can these my listeners go to the salon, the nail salon down the street to get a pedicure? You know, a lot, a lot of my patients ask me that question. And I say, hey, go for it. Just you got to make as as look as a diabetic, you have to be extremely careful. You be, have to be selective of the place you go, and you have to make sure that they really don't. Do a lot of cutting on your feet. It's very important. Like, like I've never gotten a pedicure, so honestly, I'm kind of behind the I think you should treat yourself to a pedicure. I think you should. I, I feel like you're saying. First of all, I feel like you're saying yes. We can go get. We can get a pedicure, but right. you're also telling our listeners to be mindful of where they're going and exactly. And what were the precautionary other advice you had around that? Just be just be very careful and make sure whoever's giving you the pedicure is not over aggressive. In my ten years of practice in Philadelphia. I only had, I would say, off the hand, probably made five patients in 10 years who actually came in with actual injuries that were occurred that um, that were occurred during um, having, uh, getting a pedicure. I had one lady who the person who was giving her the pedicure was very, very, I guess they were really aggressive, and they actually punctured her nail, her nail, so she had some bleeding under the nail. Um, I, I can't recall if that person was a diabetic, but I know we treated them and they went on to do well, but... Most of my patients get pedicures. A lot of my young patients, probably 90% of them get pedicures, and uh, very, very few of them have any type of ill effects, and a lot of my patients are diabetic. So because I don't hear that much of, of issues going on with, with um, pedicures, I'm sure it's probably not an issue. You just have to be very careful and selective where you go. Okay, and, you know, I, we talk to a lot of women at our outreach events, and I have a lot of women who are suffering from neuropathy. I'm wondering, like, what do you do? You have any recommendations regarding shoes or insoles or anything that might be able to help these women uh, alleviate some of the pain they're they're experiencing when they're walking? Absolutely. You know, with diabetes, uh, the treatment of diabetes and shoe wear have come a long way. I know everybody remembers their grandmother or somebody with diabetes have those big block shoes, the ones that kind of look vague and uncomfortable. You'd be surprised. Typically, those are probably diabetic shoes. Uh, typically, they want you in shoes that are extra depth, a little wider, and have softer cushions. I call those Hobbit re- shoes, like Lord Hobbit of the Rings. That's like a Hobbit or the nurse shoe from the 60s. I think the woman that once flew over the cuckoo's nest is wearing the shoe dumb. you're talking about. That's dumb, but you know what? Life, life's changed a little bit. Technology's got a little bit better. Some of the shoes that are out there are a little bit more stylish. You'd be surprised. There's Diabetic sneakers, their diabetic sandals, their diabetic uh Are any um, of them by shoes. Jimmy Choo's? I'm just curious. None are by Jimmy Choo's, but if you look on my website, mybadfeet.com, I actually have an article on comfortable and stylish shoes enhances a woman's beauty. And actually, I talk about Jimmy Choo's, and they actually have some decent shoes. Not Now, you know, some of them are, you know, kind of iffy, <laughs> but, but Jimmy Choo's does, does try to make a comfortable shoe with a little bit more um, space than some of their uh, their lower heeled shoes or wider toe boxes. 
So you you do feel like there's a, a solution out there for women because I find like uh, shows like Sex in the City, movies, sure. runway shows are always showing women higher, 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 uh, fast. You know uh, these sexy heels, and then in reality, when you look in the foot cat, you know product catalogs for people with diabetes, it's a Hobbit shoe. So I mean, you do feel like there's some uh, lead way there that people can stay fashionable but also choose to have proper foot care. Oh, absolutely. Um, they're def- now look, Jimmy Choo's Pradas, Manolo's. They're not going to be, they're not going to be diabetic shoes. However, you can wear their shoes in moderate, in moderation. I look, look. If you're diabetic, if everything in moderation. We always tell our moderation. diva that, and now you, we're adding shoes to that tonight, ladies. So if you've got a question, please <laughs> call in on the diva digits three four seven two one five eight five five one. Doctor Smith. Yeah, I lost you there for a second. I, I lost all my listeners, but I'm back. We're not on the Titanic yet, everybody, so we're hanging in there. We've still got a good 15 more minutes with Dr. Smith, and I apologize for that technical problem. But tonight, for the very first time, we have a live audience, and they were getting kind of crazy because they heard that I was going to talk to you about the top three shoe shopping tips you had for women. Uh, we talked about this earlier. You told me number three was that women should be looking for wide-toe box uh, yes. shoes. Wide toes, and I, and I pay close attention. I see, I see, um, I see a lot of women wearing um, um, certain type of shoes that uh, have a good wide toe box. They can be spot stylish. Um, they can have actually even a little bit of a heel, two inches, two to three inches. Um, also, something that has a little bit of cushion in them. You'd be surprised. Uh, Doctor Scholl's actually has a, a, a cushion that you can use in certain type of shoes to give you a little bit more added protection if you're diabetic. And your um, number two shoe shopping tip was good arch support. Who needs very, to have good arch support? We all need to have good arch support? Very, very good arch support. I mean, that's that's really the most most important. Um, when you're diabetic, well, not necessarily diabetic, but anybody who has a low low-hanging arch and um, and do what's called pronation. I know I'm using, I'm using the fancy word for flat feet. It's extremely important that you have good arch support because as a diabetic with that with neuropathy, and not everybody who has diabetes has neuropathy, but you have to be very careful of the pressure areas of your feet. You have to be very, very careful. And flip-flops so, are not good arch support, correct? Uh, flip-flops have really not that much arch support, but what happens is they have certain comfortable flip-flops like Birkenstocks, now, in, in that um, in that blog that I mentioned earlier, Birkenstocks are very, very good shoes, and they actually offer a great cushion. Now, they don't give the arch support typically, but they do try. If you look at a good pair of Birkenstocks, they actually they actually give a valid effort, and they also sometimes they'll make a cutout for your metatarsals and things of that nature, which is the balls of the feet, and they actually do quite quite a decent job. All right, and your number one tip for shoe shopping for women is find good cushion. Find good cushion. Find a shoe that fits you. That's the most important thing. You know, don't try to squeeze your little toesies. If you've got big old bunions and hammer toes, don't try to squeeze them into a shoe that your feet don't deserve. Now, if you're diabetic, that goes without saying. But even if you're non-diabetic, just be very careful because eventually you're going to end up in my office in Philadelphia, and, and that's okay with me, but I, 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 I try to do preventative medicine here. You know, just hearing this list, I have to say most men's shoes seem to conform to these top three principles, and women's shoes do not. So do, do not. you see more women or men in your office on a daily basis? Uh, you know what? I see a combination of uh, both. I would say more women, though. I would say I'm probably 75% women. Uh, rest men, 
And as far as surgically, I probably do surgery on probably like 80% women. Wow. And is that always outpatient surgery or are they going to the hospital for surgery? No, always outpatient. As a, as a um, podiatric specialist, we, we do outpatient surgery. There's very few cases that we do that, we're, that are in-house. No, there are some um, podiatric surgeons who do some more extensive um, ankle procedures that require hospital stay. But I, I do more forefoot and I do orthoscopic ankle work. So all the procedures I do can be done on an outpatient basis. Every Every specialist is different. Even every foot specialist is different. And just for the record, uh, hammer toe and bunion surgeries, are those painful? Do you have to recover for long periods of time? I know a lot of women who kind of delay, and men who delay that surgery. I'd just like to get some, understand a little bit more about it. The longer you delay, I just counsel somebody to stay on their bunion. No, but how how painful is that to go through that surgery? Is it something that people should be worried about, or is it something that they could go in, they go home, and they have a short amount of recovery? I mean, there's a small window of recovery time. I mean, you're talking about in six weeks, and also, Max, it depends on the extensiveness of the surgery. Like, bunions come in varying de- degrees, uh, mild, moderate, and severe. In other words, that depends on how big that bunion is and how, how um, over that toe that toe is angled. And really, because there's, there's several different procedures, so what will happen is someone will need, may need a mild bunion procedure, but somebody else may need a more extensive bunion procedure. Well, I love that we're able to talk about blood sugar and bunions today on Diva Talk Radio, but I have to tell you, Dr. Smith, we're going to take a quick break, but it's not too late for my listeners to call in with questions at 347-215-8551. You could even ask me, why did Mr. Divabatic put down the phone? But (laughs) in honor of our special spotlight guest, the phrase of the month is, get on the good foot. Post it on our (laughs) Facebook group or fan page walls to enter our random drawing at the end of the month. And you just might be the dazzling diva who walks away with a fabulous foot care gift basket filled with Dr. Smith products. Wow, I call that fantastic. Yes. When we come back, we'll find out what famous female celebrity's feet Dr. Smith would like to work on. But right now, let's take a break for a few special announcements. Take it away, Lisa. Hello, divas and friends. It's time now for news, notes, bangles, and baubles for a dazzling month of diva inspiration. Next week on Diabetes Roundtable, the Charlie's Angels of Outreach take on a hot topic courtesy of Diabetes Daily, and we visit the Cheesecake Factory for a menu review. Yago Stay Pretty Jones gives a makeover in a minute, and we get to know Judith from Schenectady, New York, from Diagnosis to Diva, plus a round of diabetes numerology, a salute to moms, and we monitor Mr. Divabetic's blood pressure for National Stroke Awareness Month. Log on, call, or chat next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Then on Monday, May 14th, Divabetic and the ADA host Philadelphia Second Annual First Ladies Tea. Then it's back to New York for the Parks and Recreation Health Fair in the Bronx on May 20th. For details on these events and more, visit divabetic.org and click calendar. Next, back to Mr. Divabetic in the studio. Thanks, Lisa. I'd also like to thank all the Luther fans for joining us last month for our special podcast tribute to Luther Vandross. Now, I've just switched on the caller board, so you could call in again at 347-215-8551 or visit divabetic.org. It's time to start asking Dr. Smith some questions. 
But until we get my first caller, I'm going to tell you it's time for Pick a Number. That's right, listeners. We're educating and empowering divas about living well with diabetes one number at a time. And tonight's special guest, Dr. Smith, has got your number. Drum roll, please. It's time for the number. The number is four. Why is the number four tonight, Dr. Smith? Four is because four is the, you should see a foot doctor one time, uh, once every quarter, four times a year. It's extremely important. A lot of people don't know that. Oh, I love that. So the advice is four because you should see your foot doctor four times a year. Four times a year. That's the basic standard. Mm -hmm. And the reason, again, is because a lot of people with diabetes who might not be managing their diabetes as well you know, who are struggling with managing their diabetes might be losing sensation in their feet. And so you're the best person to see to kind of stop something before it gets started. Is that correct? Exactly, before it gets bad, absolutely. And also it just keeps the foot doctor in the loop as well because when we talk in terms of diabetes, a lot of people only think about their primary care doctor. And your feet are just, for some reason, are not important to a lot of people. And it's not important to they have an actual issue or a problem. I have some patients who have had diabetes for years years and was ne- and were never told to see a foot doctor. Now, I've, I've, I know some primary cares were very adamant about that. If you're diabetic, go see the foot doctor. Take off your socks and shoes. Let me take a look. Oh, you need to go see a foot doctor. But I have some I have some that just don't. They just don't give it that much attention. If you know if your doctor's not going to give it that much attention, you're probably not going to give it that much attention. So that ingrown toenail, you grab something out the closet and just pluck it out yourself and can cause all types of problems. Wow. Um, I'd like to ask you a question about uh, buying lotion because I, a lot of women I talk to have this common issue. It seems that uh, they have dry feet if they're living with diabetes. Is there any correlation with that first? Absolutely. Not only does, uh, does diabetes cause peripheral neuropathy, but it also causes what's called autonomic neuropathy, one of those neuropathies you, you rarely hear of or we kind of use in the same context as regular peripheral neuropathy. And what happens is that because of the blood sugar, um, kind of innervates the, the blood sugar uh, desensitizes the feet, and also that in itself desensitizes the skin. The skin doesn't moisturize as well as it would on a regular nourished, uh, regular nourished skin, I should say. Uh, what happens is the nerve innervation of the skin is, is hindered, so the skin becomes dry and brittle and cracking. And the reason why that's so dangerous because that cracking skin, as you walk seven to ten thousand steps per average uh, per day, that skin can break. It can. Um, it can cause a, a type of cracking, especially in the heel. A lot of women are familiar with that. Sometimes they're scared to wear their heels because they have those little cracks. But if you're diabetic and bacteria gets in from your skin, I mean, the most common place for infection is your own skin. I don't know if a lot of people know that. So when you get a cracked skin or an open, uh, open wound or, or, or ulcer or sore, bacteria from your skin are flowing into that particular open place. I mean, bacteria is just looking for an opportunity. And dry skin with autonomic neuropathy is just another way that it could be a real issue with diabetics. That's why you should come see the foot doctor. We can take a look and see what's going on. Well, I want to ask you what we should be looking for in lotions. But first, I want you to know that I have a chat room question. Here it comes. It's from Sarah Jessica Parker. She wants you to talk more about high heels and platforms. Are platforms as bad for you as high heels? That's what the question's asking. Well, platforms, hey, platforms, you know, I've never worn platforms. <laughs> you've never got a pat- pedicure and you've never worn platforms. I feel like we're getting a lot of uh, information on you tonight. And look, you know what? The one thing you have to be very careful is being able to walk in, in platforms. Um, 
Look, they actually yeah, platforms are different because they actually on a runway one. Yeah, they bring they bring the guy they bring the, the the ground up to you. So I think the most important thing with platforms you have to be careful to not twist your ankle because if you twist your ankle, that platform your ankle has a long way to go to hit the ground. So you have to be ankle instability. I, I would say would be the main problem. On my website, mybadfeet.com, I actually have a video on how to walk on in high heels that I I pulled from YouTube. Well, because balance, balance would be an issue for someone with neuropathy, so that would Absolutely. kind of complicate matters. And, and I just Absolutely. want to clarify, I got another message from the chat room. It was Naomi Campbell who fell in the high heels for Vivian Westwood, not Tyra Banks. So let's just get that straight with our supermodels. Um, <laughs> so uh, getting – all right, so we know that – you know, there's a lot of ish, a lot of things to take into consideration when you, you when you're buying heels or platforms. But when you're buying that skincare lotion, are there any ingredients we should be looking for when we buy skincare lotions over the counter? You, you know what? On my on my website, mybadfeet.com, I actually have some products. One of the uh, skin creams that I developed was a soy aloe and vitamin E cream. One of the things you want to look for is something that has some nutritional value, antioxidants. Uh, vitamin E, aloe, jojoba, olive oil, just natural, pure ingredients that allow your skin um, to absorb these, these nourishing products. I mean, a lot of these uh, cheaper medications, uh, there are products out there have these chemically-based um, um, ingredients that honestly really don't help sometimes. And I've written plenty of prescriptions. I've they really actually dry notes. your feet out, right? Like yeah, some things some like nail polish remover, could that potentially dry your feet out? Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, a lot of women use acetone-based nail polish remover, and that's um, and and that can dry out the cuticles. The key thing there is the cuticle protects the nail bed, which in terms of women who have the dry, cracking nail beds, it could be contributed to that. Now on my website, I have a, a product that we actually had in Sky Mall that we actually sold internationally. It's a toenail elixir, and just to let you know, Max, we've got buy one get one free on my website at mybathfeet.com, and I did that for your listeners. I love um, it. And will you define this for me? What is tea tree oil? I got another question from the chat room about tea tree oil. Oh, tea tree oil is a natural. It's, it's come from an Australian. Don't get me saying it wrong. Berry or nut, but what it is is a natural, uh, natural bacterial, antifungal, and antiviral um, um, product or plant. And the best thing about tea tree oil that I, I know is that when, in terms of the feet, I mean any bacterial. Skin infections, okay, any type of cuts or bruising in mm-hmm. skin, you have to be careful there. Viral, planter's warts. I treat for planter's warts every day, treated it today, treated it yesterday. Planter's warts. Um, then we talk about antifungal, what, of course, athlete's foot, tinea pedis. So it just kind of battles those three things. And on top of the other ingredients that are in my product, along with the tea tree oil, now we have the moisturizer, the vitamin E to help protect the cuticles. My product differs it, differs it from a lot of other products out there. It's, it's kind of like a three-in-one kicker helps to fight toenail fungus, helps to fight excess bacteria in the skin, helps to protect the skin and from the dry, creaking, uh, cracking ailments uh, if you have diabetes or even if it's just natural for you to have dry, cracking skin. And it also helps to add um, vitamin E and antioxidants to the skin. I have so, to ask you, like, what got sure. you involved in this? Because you just talked about hammer toe, bunion, planter's warts. Mm-hmm. You're seeing that on a daily basis. I just want to mm-hmm. know what drove you to get involved with that. I don't think most people would choose that kind of line of work. Oh, podiatry, well, you know what happened? I, I attended Hampton University, and I actually uh, somehow came across some information and learned how the uh, African-American community, community was having so many excessive amputations that could have been avoided by simple foot care. I, I forgot where I came across that, but I got interested and did my senior presentation on diabetic 
um, diabetic uh, diabetic feet. And of course, I turn, it turns out that there's podiatry schools, and um, I found out more information. I, I kind of fell into it. You know, I went to college not necessarily wanting to become a doctor. I just I did uh, pre uh, I did sciences, which turned out to be pre medicine, which turns out to me to uh, turns out to find I find out about podiatry school and end up going. That found some interest and did that senior report, and there there we go. It was as simple as that. Wow! And have you ever saved a foot? I mean, have you saved? I, I have. You have. I have. Yeah, I have. I've had situations where where people were borderline going, even in residency, borderline going to have an amputation. I mean, borderline. I'm not saying if you know, once you need the amputation, you need it. But there's sometimes where skin infection gets so bad that they basically just need TLC, and you have to have the type of wound care specialist, whether it's vascular podiatry or general surgery. But you just have to have that type of doctor that's willing to take that time to debride those wounds. I know that sounds painful. It sounds a little, little strange, but you have to have somebody to really TLC it every day, and that's how podiatry is trained. Um, I've had patients come in where they've had massive infections and we've been able to get it under control. Unfortunately, I've had some we haven't been able to get under control. Um, I, you know, there's one young lady, one sad story. She she could have been one of your Divabetics, Max. This lady was sharp. She was you know, beautiful. She was really nice. She came to my office. Doc, I have a little sore on my foot. Um, unfortunately, um, I got her to the operating room. I knew I had to be operating uh, operate on immediately, and I told her I may not be able to save the toe. I was not able to save the toe. But, you know, I told her it'll be okay. This young lady fell into depression and, and eventually passed away. Now, I don't know if it was because necessary to foot, but I talked to her friend later who says, Doc, after she lost that, she just could not cope with that with the situation anymore. She just couldn't cope. She quit her job, and I specifically told her not to quit her job. And she was a very nice lady, and she's very calm. You just wouldn't think that, but she got really sad. And the I mobility could, I could imagine. So, I could imagine. Yeah, We're getting another sad. question from our chat room. It's from sure. Mia Ham. She wants to know about athletic shoes and about kicking soccer balls. Apparently, she's a big soccer fanatic. I don't know if you saw the Olympics <laughs> when she won the gold medal, but she, mm-hmm. do you recommend any athletic shoes for soccer specifically? Sure. Well, New Balance, you know what, they, they, I would say, honestly, they probably all fall under a similar umbrella. Yes, you have tennis shoes, basketball shoes, and what they do is they create these shoes to um, protect from certain stresses that are uh, typical of particular sports. Um, New Balance has always been great. A6, Nike have all come up with um, functional functional shoes that really help to control the ankle, the arch, and um, depending on the type of sport, um, other controls, they just really help. So if you can find a good soccer shoe, I say go for it. But a good running shoe would probably, well, you know, soccer shoes are different than other type of athletic shoes. But in terms of running shoes, whether you run, jump, sprint, all those shoes are probably the same. But they're probably, I would say New Balance probably has a good soccer shoe. So does Adidas. They all, they all, they all have done a truly tremendous job with the technology. And you do answer people's questions if they write into mybadfeet.com. So if our chat room wants to ask more questions of Dr. Smith, they're willing to do that. Now, in our final minute, Dr. Smith, I told mm-hmm. everyone you had a famous female celebrity. You would like to work on her feet. What's her name? I I did. Well, we got a couple. We, we, we got Oprah, of course, because I saw a picture Oprah of some magazine. Oprah in her final season. You would be phenomenal on her finale Look, show. Oprah, what would you do to her feet? Give me. You've got you know one minute. Tell me what you do to Oprah Winfrey's feet. We're gonna have to get technical here. We would have to do an Austin bunionectomy with a with a long arm. <laughs> I saw her feet. I was like, "Oh, we're gonna have to do it." That's a lot of foot surgery, I think. I don't know. It, it is. It is. She'd be in, she'd be on the uh, uh, she'd be on the show with a surgical shoe. But no, I, I did. I actually did see her. 
put in some magazine, and I said, wow, I know exactly what we do with that. Um, also, Wendy Williams, I approached her in Philadelphia. All right, um, well, well we're waiting out of time, so I'm going to have to stop okay. you. Thank you, Dr. Smith, for joining us. I want no to tell problem. people, don't miss Diva Talk Roundtable next Tuesday, May 10th, featuring the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. Please visit our blog, join us on Facebook group and fan pages, or follow us on Twitter. Plus, if you missed any part of the show, you can tune into divabout.org or download our shows for free on iTunes. Thank you, Dr. Smith, for joining us. Check out his website, mybadbeat.com. And remember, every diva has an entourage. I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. Are you ready to dance with us, baby?